What do you like about corn? It's cold. What's up, Bridge Youth? How are we doing tonight? Hey, welcome to Bridge Youth. For anybody who's maybe here for the very first time, can I just let you know an extra special welcome to you. You're the coolest person in the room or watching online. We absolutely love, 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 love meeting new people. We like welcoming our guests every single week by saying we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're so stoked you're here. You don't have to believe to belong here. We're so excited that you came. And you chose to spend some of your time with us. Uh, really quick, uh, where's all the Linfield students at? Linfield, where you at? Dope. Linfield, I'm going uh, to be doing your guys' chapel tomorrow. So stoked to see you and hang out. Really pumped. Um, yeah, it's going to be rad. Oh, wait. Well, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, junior hires. I just remembered I'm only doing high school chapel tomorrow. I know. I know, guys. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to be there for... When, talk to Mr. Moore, tell him, when he hit me up, he, he was like, somebody dropped out, can you come and do high school chapel? And I was like, yeah, but I want to do junior high too. And he's like, well, maybe next time. And I was like, all right. So anyhow, and then actually we'll be at the, we'll be at the elementary school uh, doing their chapel on Friday. So it's going to be super rad. Um, for those of you who go to other schools, we're on so many campuses. Uh, talk to Kenneth. Um, talk to one of our leaders. Find out about how you could get involved at your campus. It's going to be super, super, super awesome. Um, hey, don't miss next week. Somebody say next week. Next week. Can you guys believe this? Next Wednesday is the first Wednesday of October. Of October. Like fall has arrived, basically. Like, the weather needs to be updated on that because it's been 100 degrees out. Um, but, but fall is here. And next week, we're kicking off a brand new uh, series entitled Stranger Things. And it's going to be probably a three-week series. Here's what we're going to talk about. You guys want to know what the three topics are? What we're going to chat about in Stranger Things? Week one, we're going to talk about paranormal activity. Week two, we're going to talk about zombies. And week three, we're going to talk about ghosts. So come and hang out. If you want to know what it is, you got to come get your free pumpkin spice latte next week. And we're going to chat about those things. It's going to be a fun, fun series. Yeah, I got a ton of cool things happening in the fall. But hey, who, who's enjoyed this series, Chapters? Hearing all these people's stories, the chapters of their lives. They've been so cool. Everybody's done so, so, so amazing. And tonight is the finale of this series. But here's the thing about this series. Here's the thing. Here is the thing. Look at your neighbor. Say, here's the thing. Look at your other neighbor. Say, here is the thing. Did you guys put the pause in there? Look at your second neighbor. Go, here is the thing. One more time. Hit him with, here is the thing. <laughs> is it just me? <laughs> Who's seen the video of the little girl that goes, is it just me or was that Whitney Houston? <laughs> it's so funny, dude. Here is the thing. 
This series is so much about the amazing stories. After tonight, you'll have heard eight stories from different people. But this series, while it's so much about their stories and the chapters of their lives and what God has walked them through and what we can learn from their story, it's also about you. Look at your neighbor. Say, you. Pick somebody all the way across the room. Make eye contact with them and say, you. It's about you and how you have a story and your story matters. One of our biggest hopes is that you would see yourself in the different speakers who are on stage. Our biggest hope is that you would realize that your story matters and that you would go and share your story. Maybe not on a platform that's like a stage, but on different types of platforms that God has given you. Because each and every one of us have a level of influence, and it's just whether or not we decide to use it. So we encourage you guys, realize, understand, you have a story and your story matters. So go share your story. Amen? Come on now, amen? Tonight, our, our first speaker this evening will be the youngest speaker of the entire series. The youngest speaker of the whole series. He also might be the most exuberant speaker of the entire series. Uh, this guy, this guy, like from the first time I met him, I'm like, this dude should be like a TV host. Like, forget Jimmy Fallon. This guy needs his own TV show. He, he kind of reminds me of, um, oh, what are those people who are like, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, you get two dollars, two dollars, two dollars. <laughs> What's that called? An auctioneer. An auctioneer. I don't, I feel, is that right? Am I, okay, that's right? Okay. I thought maybe I just said something I shouldn't have said from a platform in a church on a stage in front of hundreds of teenagers. Auctioneer is what those are called. He kind of reminds me of that. And like, he's just got so much life in him. And he's so, like, he's pumped all the time. Um, he's become a great friend of mine. But here's one of my favorite things about this dude. You ever meet somebody that it's impossible, it's just impossible to be sad around them? You know what I mean? It's like, it's, like, it's like they cure depression when they walk in the room. That's this guy. And he's got so much like life and positivity in him. And as so many people, as they get into junior high, they just kind of become too cool or they become like cynical or they just kind of like whatever. Like this dude has not been any of that. And it's so awesome to see the love he has for Jesus, the love he has for people and the way in which he's added so much value to our team. I remember um, as he jumped on to our team, he came to me and said, he said, Pastor Corey, I want to I serve at youth. I want to help. I want to I contribute. I want to be a part of it. But man, I'm, I'm too young to be on the youth team. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, I got to wait like a while, right? I was like, why would you have to wait? He's like, I can be on the team and serve now? It's like, of course you can. He's like, awesome. I'm in. Tell me what to do. Point me in a direction. And he serves every single week, which is so, so, so awesome. He has got a faith that is contagious. I love this dude so, so, so much. It's one of the funniest dudes you'll ever meet in your life. I promise you that. Hey, would you guys do me a favor? Would you guys put your hands together and make some noise for Chaz Deniri? Chaz, um, I go to Linfield, yeah, yeah, this row, yeah. Um, few fun, turned off. A few fun facts about me, i biggest nerd ever. I love Marvel, I love Star Wars, it's, they're great. Um, I play a lot of video games. 
Minecraft. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of one more. Oh, I do theater. I'm a theater kid. I'm one of those kids. Um, so today, my message is just titled Message, but the chapters in it are titled something different. I, I titled them something different. So as we head into chapter one, No Way Home, uh, I'm going to share what happened in that chapter one. So everyone has something that horrible happened to them, you know, not specifically to them, but that affected their life. And mine happens to be my grandpa passing away. I was made aware that he was going to pass away four days before he actually did. So those, those were kind of just, those days were torturous. They were horrible. And I missed online school for a week because I couldn't get out of bed in the morning. I'm not expected to solve for X. <laughs> like, So I counted down the days, which didn't make it any better. Don't count down the days if you know someone's going to pass away because they're the longest and just most torturous days you're ever going to have. And on October 17th, 2020, 6.43 in the morning, I remember the exact time, I was woken up by my mom and dad, and my mom was crying, and they kind of just stood there for a second. And then I knew what they were going to say. And I was hoping I was dreaming, but I knew what they were going to say, and I knew it was real. And they said that he had passed away. It was horrible. I hated it. That day sucked. Like, it was terrible. Um, but he was at my grandma's friend's house when he did. He was on, like, a bed with, like, a tube that, like, pumped oxygen, I think. So instead of going there, I went to my cousin's house and played Minecraft with my little brother. And that kind of helped and it was a distraction. So, until his memorial, I just kept distracting myself. Which didn't help, because they're very temporary. They're temporary. So, in the middle of this, all, like, people can just tend to try to distract themselves, instead of actually trying to fix the problem. Uh, the enemy can't destroy you, so instead he'll distract you. And distra that's, just don't distract yourself. It's kind of easy. Um, so my grandma and grandpa, before he passed away, they were supposed to move to Texas. And um, my grandma still did. So me and my dad went on a road trip in her truck to get the truck there. And... It was fun, and I didn't feel upset or, like, sad once because it was fun. Um, and I only distracted myself when I was upset. I wasn't trying to occupy my mind when I was feeling normal. So that's only, the only time I distracted myself was when I wasn't feeling okay. And... I never thought once to pray about it or talk to God about it. And it's not that I dropped my faith. I was just kind of doubtful. And there was no reason to me to be. Um, in one of my favorite worship songs, it says, I'll praise you in the mountain and I'll praise you in the valley all the same. And if I had that outlook in this chapter, it would have gone very differently. But instead, I ignored 
God and praying, and I just kept distracting myself. So I wasn't really me for a while because I was trying to do something that I shouldn't have, which was distracting myself instead of trying to get to the root of the problem. So I was just kind of acting weird. And one thing I learned during this is distractions won't always be there. Sometimes I couldn't find a time to, or a way to distract myself in these times. And in 2 Corinthians uh, 1, I definitely wrote that very wrong. Um, in 2 Corinthians 1, 4, it says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. So... If I had prayed to God, I could have also helped my family members who were affected by this, and that could have helped them too. So not only will God comfort you, he wants to comfort you. He wants to help you. And is there any in your life that you is there anyone in your life that you know needs the same comfort that God has given you? So you might be thinking, why is chapter 1 called No Way Home? Spider-Man's cool. That's reason number one um and the second reason is because there is no way you're getting home when you're distracted you're not if you close your eyes while you're driving you're not gonna make it home you're gonna you're gonna crash the car is probably gonna flip or something um but sort of with that analogy praying to god is like driving with your eyes open. You're going to make it home because you know what you're doing and where you're going. So I was kind of just going through this, and it was horrible. So I thought, what if? What if I wasn't distracted? Which leads into my next chapter, chapter two, what if? Um, so I started thinking around mid-late November, which was after his memorial, after the road trip, and... I thought one thing that I didn't try yet was trying to pray, praying for comfort or peace or just anything. So, like, we pray for some things, but we don't pray for everything. We'll pray for our food, but we won't pray for, like, something. Some We won't pray for our anxiety to go away, almost because we're too scared that it, we won't get the help that we need. So... Some people think, why should I pray if I'm not going to get that help? And you are going to get that help. And you can go to people for help, and they will help, but they won't help you like God will help you. So what if, what if I, you kept trying to get help from people that only, that only God can give you? So I started praying, and I started praying multiple times a day. Not millions, but somewhere around that range. <laughs> um, and Philippians 4, 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So what I take away from that is you can ask God about anything. If you're anxious... You can pray to God, and he will help you through that. Uh, prayer was the answer. Prayer is what I needed to do from the very start. And the thing that's not the answer is distractions. Distractions will never be the answer. 
and have never been the answer. And take it from me, I have personal experience. I'm the expert. <laughs> Stop trying to solve your problems with distractions. A distraction isn't forever, but God is. God's peace is forever. So in the midst of what you're going through, what if you just turn to pray first instead of trying other methods that aren't going to work, that will not work, because you just have to pray. Praying will work. Praying did work, and it always will work. So... And it's not that people don't help. They don't not help at all. They do help, just not as much as you need. You will still need help, so that's why you should pray. Um, people are a part of the equation, but they're not a solution. God's a solution. And, like, go to your parents. My parents helped a lot. They prayed with me. They helped me through it. So... Don't be like, how are my parents going to help me if you just said people don't help that much? They will. They will help you. So, my neck hurts. As I close, I cannot emphasize enough that you should not distract yourself. You will make it worse in the long run. And then you could be stuck with this feeling of anxiousness for who knows how long. So, I only distracted myself when I needed it. I didn't distract myself when I didn't need it. When I was fine, I didn't distract myself. But God doesn't only come through in the moments when you don't need him, or when you do need him. He also comes through in the moments when you don't need help, when you don't need him. He is with you always, whenever and wherever, and he'll help you no matter what you're going through. So, in conclusion, I want to hit the three takeaway points. Prayer works no matter what, um, no matter what you go through, just pray. Don't use distractions. They don't work at all. Uh, finally, along with praying, also ask God for help. This, it works. Asking God for help works. So right now, let me pray for you. Bow our heads. Bow our heads and close our eyes. Dear Jesus, I just pray that the rest of this night goes amazing, and I thank you for this wonderful opportunity to speak about my chapters and how I walked through them and how God helped. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up for Chaz sharing his amazing story? How dope was that? Hey, so, so, so cool. Chaz, thank you. So much for sharing your story and doing it so incredibly well. Thanks, Zubin. Um, man, anybody, was anybody else encouraged by that? Um, I want to I wanna have a kind of a special moment in just a second, but I also want to echo just a few things that, that Chaz um, just said. Now, one of the things, um, as he was talking about this, he was talking, he, he said that, uh, he said, stop trying to solve your issues with distractions. Somebody say amen to that. Stop trying to solve your issues with distractions. And as, and as Chaz was saying that, I was thinking about a lot of the junior highers in the room. Hey, if you're, if you're in junior high, would you just put your hands in the air, wave them around like you just do care? 
Bro, can I tell you, we love our junior hires. Like, we love you guys so, so, so much. And, and one of the things as Chaz was talking about these distractions and the distraction, the things that we can use as distractions uh, in tough times, I started thinking, I wrote down in parentheses right under that quote of yours, Chaz, uh, stop, using, stop trying to solve your issues with distractions. I wrote down, I'm so glad Chaz learned this at a young age. Because can I tell you to the junior hires, can you please, please, please just take notes from Chaz's life here and figure this out at a young age. So where's all of our high schoolers at? Where you at, high schoolers? Um, you get into high school and, and when stuff like this happens, when tragedy hits and, and Chaz opened up with a pretty heavy statement, terrible things happen to all of us. It's called life and, and it's tough. But as you get a little bit older, the things that you distract yourself with become so much more damaging. And I'm so glad that Chaz learned this lesson at a young age. When the things that he used to distract himself were things like Fortnite and going to his cousin's house and, and road trips. Things that aren't going to haunt him. But can I tell you, if you get in the habit of distraction and the way in which you deal with tragedy at all times is turning to distractions, what will happen is those distractions will get progressively uh, worse and worse and worse and more and more damaging. So I know hearing it from a junior hire, you know, you could so easily be like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, awesome. And he said that really well. Great. Good job, Chaz. Please hear it from him and hear it from myself. And junior hires, would you hear it from the high schoolers in the room right now who've, who've made the mistake of trying to distract themselves in seasons of hurt? And learn the lesson now while you're young. It's a great lesson to learn. Another thing that, uh, that he said was what if. And I thought, I wrote down, what if, what if we just turned to prayer? What if we turned to prayer? I love the way that Chaz communicated about prayer. He said, he said, prayer, it works. It just works. Like prayer works. Can I tell you, prayer works, man. Like prayer really does work. I know sometimes, like me too, like I get it, me too. I can feel like, where, God, like are you listening? Do you hear me? What's going on? Oh my goodness. But prayer really does work. Do you need strength? Pray, God, pray to God for strength. Like Chad said, do you need help? Pray to God for help. Don't let the entirety of your prayer life be rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, and then you dig into your delicious Chipotle. When you're hurting, turn to God. When you're in struggle, turn to God. When you lose somebody close to you, turn to God. Just as a sign of uh, a moment of transparency, like Chaz, who else in the room has ever lost somebody close to them? Would you just raise your hand for a quick moment? Look around, guys. Like, we are we're in this together. Thank you, Chaz, for leading the way in the transparency of sharing that. And can I tell you, it's one of the hardest things you'll walk through in life. I don't have to tell you. you you've walked through it. You also know. And it could be so easy to run from God. It could be so easy to just distract ourselves. But in that season, can I encourage you, run to God. Chaz also said this. He said, people are part of the equation, but they're not the solution. God can use people. People can help, but they're not the helper. 
Yeah, get some people around you, some people like Chaz who can be that cheerleader that's like, keep going, I got your back, I love you, I'm with you, I'm praying for you. And then in the midst of that, of having good, godly, faith-filled people that can help help in pushing you forward in tough times, just turn to God as well. Let me give you one one more time, let me give you Chaz's takeaways because these are huge. If you did not write these down, write these down right now. Open your phone, open the notes app, get your journal out. I wrote them down, write these down. Number one, prayer works. Somebody say amen. Amen. Prayer works. Number two, he said, don't use distractions. Distractions, like he said, they're temporary. God is eternal. Distractions won't always be there for you. God will. And then the third thing he said is ask for help. Ask God for help. When Jesus was leaving, he said, hey, don't trip, chocolate chip. I'm going to take off, but I'm going to send the helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. Ask God for help. And then if you're going through it tonight, if you're dealing with some stuff and you would say, yeah, I've asked God for help, but I also need some tangible right here in front of me help from people. Tonight after service, come find myself, find Amber, find one of our leaders, come and talk and just ask for help. We'll pray with you. We'll walk you through the season you're walking through because nobody in the kingdom of God is meant to walk through life alone. Amen. Hey, one more time. Can we make some noise for Chaz? My guy, great job, dude. So very proud of you. Well, you guys already see and know my good friend David Dubin is on my right, your left. Um, For those who don't know, uh, David is a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. A lot of people may not know this. Me and David go back over a decade. We've known each other for a long, long time. He's been a dear friend of mine for a long time. Grew up in my youth ministry. Um, This last year, um, he did our school of ministry here at the church, and he's just entered into a second year of school of ministry, one of two second years in our school of ministry. Um, David's got an obvious call of ministry on his life. It's obvious to those who know David. David is such an awesome, 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 and inspirational person. I'll just tell you at the forefront of this, David is one of those guys that as he shares his story and the closer you get to him and the more you know about him and as he shares the chapters of his story, you just sort of take a step back and you quickly can get into awe about how amazing this young man is and all the ways in which God has worked in his life. So do me a favor, keep those notebooks out, keep your notes app out, you're ready to write some things down. I promise you this, that you will absolutely hear some things and, know, uh, and, and get challenged, honestly, encouraged, yes, challenged absolutely from what David's about to share. Nobody steps foot on the platform without me reviewing their content. So I've read both Chaz and David's uh, message notes for tonight. And I promise you this, what he's about to talk about is quite some of his content. I hope, hopefully we're not over, <laughs> over-promising here. <laughs> we're not. Some of his content, what he'll be talking about right now is is the biggest issues in our culture and society right now. And I promise you this, you will be encouraged by it. So the very last story and the very last speaker in our chapters series, would you make some noise for David Dubin? I am, it's an honor to even be able to share my testimony in front of you guys, and like Corey said, my name is David, and I just want to take a second to thank both Corey and Amber, our next-gen pastors, for letting all of the people who spoke through this series share their testimonies. Don't we have the greatest next-gen pastors? 
So a little bit about myself. As Corey said, I'm part of school ministry here, and I'm now part of the year twos and the first set of year twos for the school of ministry program. A couple things that I like to do, well, I like anime. I like video games, and I might shock you, but I've been skateboarding for 18 years now. When I'm not here at school of ministry, I tend to be working with my dad, and he owns his own construction uh, business. So before I get into my story, can I tell you guys a little story? So one day, I went to work with my dad, and normally when we go for lunch, we tend to go to a restaurant, sit down, have a nice lunch. But today it was different. This, uh, that morning, we went to a grocery store. We went and we got some uh, uh, sandwiches, some chips, and soda. And as we were leaving, we're walking out the store, and I'm, I'm behind my dad, and all of a sudden, this woman starts chasing us out of the store. And at first, I'm like, what's going on? And she yells at me, wait! And I'm like, yes? She looks at me, and she goes, do you and your special friends want to go to Disneyland? I'm like... Uh, am I part of an infomercial? <laughs> and, like, that was my first thought. But then I asked her, I was like, uh, sure, how? She goes, well, you know, we work with all of our special friends. And she points back at me. And I'm like, cool. And she's like, yeah, so uh, would you be willing to sign up so we can send you and your special friends to Disneyland? <laughs> and, I mean... You might call me a special friend for five minutes, but it's Disneyland tickets for free. So, of course, we're going to sign up. So, we go over to her table, and she has a table set up. And it's just a bunch of pictures of people in wheelchairs, and it just says, help our special friends. And so, I remember walking away from that situation, first, hoping to get Disneyland tickets, but I unfortunately didn't get any Disneyland tickets. No, she made fun of me for five minutes. I didn't get Disneyland tickets. But then it, it sunk in. And I remember thinking, is this how everyone views me? You're probably wondering why I'm telling you this story. The reason I'm telling you this is because I feel like there's so many people so many things in this world that try to tell you who you have to be. Look at social media. We get our validation from every like, every comment, every share. We find our identity in what people think of us. There's personality tests, which aren't all bad. Some of them are interesting, like who are you based on your personality from the office? Then there's the weird ones that are like, what fruit are you based on your personality? Those ones I don't agree with, but I don't see how not liking olives makes me a kiwi. <laughs> but then there's horoscopes, which basically are all bad. Right, it just seems like everyone has an opinion on who you are. And if that's your story, I get it. I've been there. And 
I can, was consumed by the opinions of everyone around me. It got to a point that I felt like I lost myself. Like I didn't know who I was because I was so concerned what everyone else around me thought of me. Which leads me to my first chapter. Who am I? So for those that don't know my story, I was born with spina bifida. So because of that, I've had 16 surgeries. I've been in and out of the hospital almost my entire life. I had 16 surgeries by the age of 12. And basically the doctors told my parents, well, you don't want a disabled child, so just abort it. Then after that, I was told, well, he's not gonna make it past eight, so don't expect much from him. Then when I made it to eight, they were like, well, he's not gonna make it past 12, so don't expect much from him. But yet here I am at 22. I was also bullied for nine years. Things as simple as people just looking down on me, all the way to people straight up calling me worthless. And if you haven't noticed yet either, I am also in a wheelchair. Just in case you guys didn't notice that. Um, just fair warning, I'm very sarcastic. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household. I was in church every Sunday. So growing up, I knew, I knew all the stories. I knew David and Goliath. I knew the, about Noah and the ark. I knew about Jesus. I knew about all of the stories. But I was so focused on my identity and everyone else that I couldn't even get a relationship with God. I put everyone else's opinion on me over having a relationship with God I felt so alone because I was consumed with the idea that I was worthless in other people's eyes. When I would go to church, I'd keep quiet. When I would be at school, I'd keep quiet. I wouldn't talk to anybody because I, I lived with a fear that everybody would judge me for what I looked like because I had a disability. And you know what? I let the disability control me. But what I had to realize, and what I hope everyone realizes tonight, that my identity isn't found in what everyone else thinks about me, but it has to first be founded on Christ. And you know, I know everyone doesn't have physical disabilities that can be seen like mine. But what I do know is that everybody in their life faces insecurity. Everybody struggles with identity at some point whether that be something that they just wish they could change. It's insecurities from what people say about you or even stuff such as things that you assume people are thinking and judging you or looking down on you for. But let me tell you, the longer that you search for your identity and the opinions in the uh, uh, validation of others and the approval of others, the more insecure you'll grow and the further you'll get from discovering your true identity. Let me ask you something. Who gets to name a painting? A painter. The person that painted it gets to name it. 
Who gets to name a piece of art? The artist. Who gets to name a creation? Exactly. You guys see exactly where I'm going. Stop letting people that didn't design you define you. So maybe you're like me, and you feel like you've been struggling to find your identity, and you've been finding your identity within what everyone else thinks about you. Let me tell you, I have a very great piece of advice. It's super long, super theological, super spiritual. Are you ready? Stop. God's already given you an identity. You just have to discover it, just like I did. Which leads me to chapter two, who you are. So after this, I was about 13 years old when things began to change for me. I still didn't have a home church. I noticed myself struggling to find people to hang out with, people who would accept me for me. But that's when I got invited to go to a church in Lake Elsinore, and that's actually where I met Pastor Corey and Pastor Amber. It was there that I ended up accepting Christ, and that's when I realized that I needed to stop letting people define me and start letting Christ define me. But let me tell you, when I became a Christian, it wasn't right away that everything in my life changed. Yes, things were changing, but it wasn't absolutely everything. I remember struggling even after being a Christian to find who I was. I remember struggling, even though I had my relationship with Christ, to understand my identity in him. But do you want to know why? It's because I already had all these preconceived ideas of who I was. I already built an identity in what everybody else thought I was. And that's what I stuck with. Let me tell you, there are so many voices that are in our lives today So many voices that want to tear us down. So many voices that try to tell us who we are. But the the crazy thing is, is the voice that tends to tear us down the most is our own. It was my own voice that was telling me that I'm something I'm not. It was my own voice telling me I'm worthless and would never amount to anything. So when we're faced with these things, What do we do when our voice is the loudest voice in our head telling us that we're an identity that we're not? What do we do? Well, you have to learn to turn down those voices. If there are people around you, you need to turn them down. For some voices that are tearing you down and giving you identity, you need to mute them altogether. But the most important thing that you need to do is you have to turn God's voice all the way up. You have to turn that voice up as loud as you can. And that's what I did. See, after I figured out that my identity wasn't found in people, and as I started to learn that my identity could be found in Christ, I grew in my relationship, and I started reading, reading the Bible. I started growing in Scripture. And I realized that the more that I learned about Christ the less that I uh, relied on putting my identity in what everyone else thought about me. Uh, As the band heads up, I want to read a verse to you guys. 
Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we could do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Isn't it crazy how in the beginning of this story I went from worthless, but here I'm called a masterpiece. I went from what the world would call worthless to what God calls a masterpiece. You see, God, he gave us the Bible not just to learn about who he was, but to also learn about who we are in him. It's not just learning who he is, but learning who we are. And God did this, and we can find over 35 verses in the New Testament of just identity verses. And I think God did this because he's the one who designed us, so he should be the only one who gets to define us. We can't let everyone else's ideas of us identify us. See, I went through that first chapter of my life feeling lost. I went through that first chapter feeling like I had no purpose. Like there was nothing for me. There's no way I could make an impact. I'm in a wheelchair, so like that's what I was told my whole life. Like that's just who I am. And I know that there are many of you who feel the same way. Feel that you don't know what your identity is. Feel like you're letting everything around you identify you. But let me tell you, that doesn't have to be it. Because it's in Christ that we are found. It's in Christ that we're loved. And it's in Christ that I'm on stage today talking to you guys. You can search all throughout the Bible and find scriptures of everything God uh, says about you. And I think we have a uh, graphic for anyone who's struggling with identity, I want you guys to take a picture of that. That's just a few. And I want to go over them with you really quick. The first one I went over, I'm a masterpiece, Ephesians 2.10. I'm a new creation, 2 Corinthians 5.17. I am forgiven, Ephesians 1.7. I am loved, 1 John 3.1. I'm not alone, Matthew 28.20. You're a member of his household. Ephesians 2.19 I'm a child of God. 1 John 3.2 And finally, my favorite one, Colossians 2.9 I am complete in him. I love this because when it comes to identity, when it comes to our, our identity, there's nothing outside of Christ that completes us. There is no identity that you can find in the world that leads to completion. As I close, maybe you're here tonight. Maybe you've been struggling with your identity and you don't know where, where to go. Maybe, uh, maybe you feel like you're alone. Let me tell you, I've been there. I understand, but don't be afraid because you're not alone. I know how it feels to put your identity your, uh, your identity, your personality, everything about you in what everyone else thinks you are. But I want you to take a step back. I want you to look and see where you're putting out your identity. Let me tell you, if it's not in God, I want you to give it back to Him. It's time to start, uh, turn the page and it's time to start a new chapter. Because you see, we serve a God who gives us validation. We serve a God who gives us purpose. 
And we serve a God who gives us identity more than anything. You can't go through your life trying to find identity in anything else and expect to be completed the same way that you are in Christ. And you see, we serve a God who loves us too much to let us find our identity in things that leave us incomplete, things that leave us unfulfilled, and things that leave us lacking. Like I said, it's Christ that completes us. So it's time to put your identity in Him. We just have to let go of our past identity. We have to move forward and take the identity that Christ has already placed on you. So as I close, I want to pray for you guys. So everyone can bow their heads and close their eyes. Dear Father, I just uh, lift tonight up to you. I pray for any student here that is struggling to find identity. I pray those chains break right now in your name, Jesus. We know you are a God who gives us identity. We know you are a God who gives us a complete picture. I pray right now that you will just show yourself that your voice will be louder than any other voice in these students' lives tonight, God. I pray that identities would be transformed tonight, that in you they'd be transformed, that they wouldn't go searching for things of this world that will leave them unsatisfied, and that any voice that is overtaking yours would go mute right now. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, can we say thank you to David for that? Amen. The beginning of your identity starts with placing your life in God's hands and finding your identity in Christ. One more time, would you bow your heads, would you close your eyes in a moment of reverence? You're gonna have the opportunity to do exactly that right now, to put your life in God's hands, to begin finding your identity in who he says that you are. And so if you're in the room tonight and you wanna give your life to Christ for the first time, you wanna place, you wanna place your, hand, your life in God's hands, you wanna take that pen of your life, put it in his hands and let him write the next chapter. You're gonna get that opportunity right now in just a moment. Maybe you, like Chaz was saying, maybe you've just been distracting yourself. And maybe you've come to the end of your distractions and you realize that, man, they're getting you nowhere. Maybe you've put your identity in so many other things. It's time to come home. It's time to put your life back in the hands of God. So if you wanna do just that, you want forgiveness of your sin, you want a fresh start, a new beginning, you wanna to begin to discover who God has called you to be, I'm gonna ask you to respond in a unique way. In just a moment, I'm gonna to count to three. And when I get to three, I just want you to put your hand in the air and then you can put it right back down with heads bowed and eyes closed. It's a public setting, but a private moment. You might be wondering, Corey, why, why, sh why should I lift my hand? Why do I have to lift my hand? Because I believe that when we respond on the outside to what God's doing on the inside, it solidifies it in our hearts, in our lives. And so if that's you, when I get to three, don't worry about who's around you. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. This is your moment between you and God. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. No one's distracting anybody. This is your moment with God. When I get to three, you wanna give your life to Jesus. You wanna put your life in God's hands. You lift your hand, put it right back down. Here we go. This is your moment. One, two, three, go. All over this place. So many people putting their hands in there. It's amazing, amazing. You can put your hand right back down. 
so proud of you. That's the best decision you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. And this journey, it begins with, with words that we say with our mouths, that we believe in our heart. Scripture says, if you confess with your mouth and you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and he rose from the dead, then you'll be saved. So that's what we're gonna do right now. Because we're a family here at Bridge Youth, we pray together. If you're watching online right now, you respond in the very same way. Just wrap your heart around this prayer, around these words. Say this right out loud. Everybody in the room together, say this. Say, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So tonight, I give you my heart I give you my life, I give you my distractions, I give you my identity, I give you everything. And from this day forward, I'm gonna follow you. Thank you for receiving me and thank you for forgiving me. From here on out, you are my father and I am your child. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we welcome people into God's family right now? And that is the best decision you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. It's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. And so we want to walk this next season, this next moment, this next chapter of your season out with you. We have something we want to give you. It's a free gift called The Next Seven Days. There's seven videos that'll just help answer some of the questions that you might have, some of the things that you're wondering, hey, I just prayed this prayer. I'm new to this faith thing. What's next? These videos will help you to discover what's next. When I first became a Christian, I, I felt like I had so many questions and nobody that I could ask these questions of. These videos will help answer some of those questions but they'll also get you someone you can ask these questions to. We'll help connect you with one of our leaders here at Bridge Youth, get you in the family, and walk this next week of your faith journey out with you. You can get them in a really easy way. Just go to our Instagram, at bridgeyth underscore, and then just DM us the words next seven, and we'll handle the rest. If you don't have Instagram, find myself, find any one of our leaders, and we'll find another avenue to get you the next seven days videos. Hey, one more time, can we just welcome people into God's family? So cool. Best decision you can make with your life. Hey, nobody distracting anybody. Would you stand to your feet? Would you head up to the front? I wanna just chat around a few things that David said as we dig into a moment of worship. David talked a lot about identity. And the reason why I said what I said about what David's about to talk about being one of the, one of the most important topics in our culture and society right now is because we are so consumed with identity. Our culture, our society is in a full-blown identity crisis. And David, David just gave us what is honestly the answer to one of the most difficult questions in all of life. The thing that so many people struggle with. He talked about how our identity is found in Christ. And he talked about how, um, how we need to put our identity in the hands of God. And I thought about this as, as I was sitting there and, and David was finishing up and my mind went to Chaz. Where's Chaz? Where'd you go, Chaz? You're around here somewhere. There you are, dude. 
And I started thinking about these two messages. One that talked much about identity and one that talked much about distractions. And I couldn't help but to think how many people in this room watching online, how many people do we know that have distracted themselves for so long that the things they distract themselves with aren't just things that they do, but it's become who they are. And now their identity is found in their distraction. Tonight's the night that that can end. You can stop. You can put your identity in God's hands. And David says something towards the end of his message that just, it's such a great point. He talks about how, how we serve a God. We serve a God that loves us too much to keep putting our identity in things that are hurting us. We serve a God that loves us too much to allow us to continue to find our identity in things that just make us more and more broken. And we continually look to the world. Bro, we're looking to people who don't know who they are to tell us who we are. For some of you, bro, you gotta get off social media for a little bit. You gotta mute that voice. I'm not, bro, I'm not saying like, all right, let's all move to the mountains of Montana, churn our own butter and stop using electricity. Like. I'm saying you might need to disconnect for a little bit because there's a lot of people trying to tell you who you are, but the problem, like David said, is that they didn't design you, so they shouldn't be able to define you. And we keep letting so many people who don't know who they are try to tell us who we are. And then, and I want to say this with like so much sensitivity, And then the world around us keep trying to tell us that there's labels that we have to adopt and we have to identify as. And you have to take on these labels on yourself. And if you don't identify with these labels, and if you don't state the labels that we all state, even in your Instagram bio, then you're this and you're that and you're a hater and you're blah, blah, blah. All coming from a world and people who don't know who they are. And look, hear me I'm not mad at these people. They don't know the creator. They don't know the artist. They don't know the painting. So of course they don't know the identity of the creation, the art, the paint, the, the, the masterpiece that God says that we are. But those, those of us who do, If you didn't know what the Mona Lisa was called, you would ask Da Vinci. I mean, when he was still around. Who? Anybody know who, uh, any piano players in the room? Keep your hands down on the keys, Levi. This is not your moment. Any piano players? Piano players? Who, who wrote Fer, uh, Fer Elise? Yeah. You, you just say it. <laughs> who, who wrote Fer Elise? Anybody know? Beethoven, thank you. Like Beethoven got to name Fairlease. You don't get to come up and be like, no, Cassandra. <laughs> the song is called Cassandra now. Because Cassandra was my first great crush. And this song reminds me of her. Calm down, Timmy. <laughs> no, so why, why are you going to people that didn't create you? So concerned with what they think about you. 
love what David said. As he talks about, he said, look, I know not everybody has a disability that's quite so visually apparent as mine. Then he said, but we all struggle with insecurity. Boy, is that true. When you're insecure, you can start looking for your security in all the wrong places. When you're unsure about yourself, which is just like every single teenager ever, you can start trying to find your identity in all these things that God never meant for you to find your identity in. I'm going to say something. I'm not going to elaborate on it at all, and I'm just going to let this sit and let God speak to you however he wants to speak to you when I say this. Can I tell you, young people, next generation, who my whole life and all of my heart pours out into ministry that's you, like you got my heart, next generation. I love you. Our calling is for you. And you were never meant to wrap your identity around your sexuality. And there's so many things we wrap our identity around that we are never meant to wrap our identity around. So what should we do? Look to the creator. That's what we're going to do right now. And instead of constantly, I love David's layout, I love his chapter, instead of constantly walking around, who am I, who am I, who am I, who am I, oh gosh, who am I, let me go to social media, let me go to Instagram, let me go to TikTok, let me go to Tumblr, <laughs> Pinterest, be real, let me, let me go to be real, so I'm just going to be real, the real version of me, shut up, <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> Bro, if I got one more person that's around like this, Corey, it's my be real. Just uh, be real. And what do you do in that moment? You never be real. You do something stupid. You're like, like I was just taking like church notes a second ago. It's like, Corey, be real. And it's like, yeah, like, that's, that's not me. Like social media, tell me who I am. Okay, friends, tell me who I am. Relationship, ooh, he's cute. Tell me who I am. She's hot. Tell me who I am. Teachers, celebrities politicians, social movements, drugs, addiction. Tell me who I am. And they've all failed. So what do we do? We stop walking around going, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? We just stop and go, oh, wait, who are you? Who is he? Because the moment you start figuring out who he is, he starts telling you who you are. Because he created you. So he gives you your identity all over this place. Would you close your eyes? Would you lift your hands right now? God, we are not going to be consumed with trying to figure out our own identity. We know this. You designed us. You get to define us. We find who we are in discovering who you are. God, I pray that tonight, no more distractions, nothing else pulling us away from you. We're coming back home. We're taking our identity, all of who we are, and we're placing it in your hands. God, as we sing out these next words, these powerful words, words, this worship song that connects to what we're talking about right now, God. I pray that it wouldn't just be singing words off of a screen. I pray it would be the cry of our hearts that I am who you say I am. Everybody say that right out loud. Say, I am who you say I am. Come on, one more time. Say, I am who you say I am. So in this moment, God, we just lean in. We press in. 